everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. I'm on vacation this month, so last week I was doing a uh, no email, no technology, <clears throat> separating from the world. It was great. Um, and of course it was a really busy week, so I finished my vacation last night back in, uh, back in the world again, and so now we're going to talk about the weekly weather for August 14th to August 21st. Technically it was yesterday, but it, it is a busy week. Um, as we mentioned yesterday, it was, last week, it was a very busy week coming in. Here comes the sun. We got to see a lot of things. And it was a big Donald Blanford week, DB week, where there was many, many events. You might have found yourself a little exhausted by the end of it. Uh, and that is as it was supposed to be. A lot of illumination, a lot of understanding. We have another week of illumination and also taking action this week. So we're going to talk a little bit about that in our process going forward. But before we do that, um, there is a bit of a plague out there of people impersonating people, including me, which, you know, someone said, well, that's a compliment. You're well known. I'm like, no, it's obnoxious. They're a liar. They're a thief. And they're a faker. Um, so there is an Instagram account out there with my last name spelled with three E's. My Instagram has 11,000 some odd followers. This Instagram has 3,000. And the guy writes, I'm assuming it's a guy, it might be a girl, it might be a little sexist there. But he writes and he goes, hey, you want a reading? I will never DM you and ask you for a reading. I will never write to you and say I'm offering you a discount. I'm a Virgo. We do not offer discounts. We also have a little trouble when someone says this is the price. We pay it. We don't negotiate. We're not really good in the flea market thing, right? Um, so, no, I don't offer discounts. I don't DM you to book a reading. The only way you get to talk to me and book a reading is you go to my website, you book a reading. So if you've gotten any emails or you know of anybody who's gotten DMs from Ann Ortley with three E's, copied my Instagram, I filed, I've complained, please file and complain too. Um, and then there was one with a bunch of dashes after it. That guy got 2000 It's like a racket. You know, I was talking to my friend Christopher Rindstrom, and he's like, I think it's a business. I think they actually have a plan. And they're copying a lot of astrologers, and they're writing you. No good astrologer will write you and ask you to book a reading. That's not how we do it. That's not how we do it. If anybody asks you to book a reading, don't go with them. Don't go with them. They're a bad astrologer. That's not how it works. So, just saying. So if you are uh, been approached and asked to follow me, I asked you. I don't do that either. Please report this guy. He has me blocked. I can't report. I mean, I have reported him, and I've asked people to report him. He also takes your money, and he doesn't give you anything. <laughs> he just takes your money. So um, please report him. One of the emails is mighty166 or something at Gmail. Again, if you get an email from me, it'll say ann at annortley.com or it'll say admin at annortley.com. The guy's a faker. There's no way to prevent your Instagram from being copied. It makes me furious. But, you know, it's Mark Zuckerberg, you know. I mean, come on. You know, Instagram's part of his deal, and it doesn't always operate in a clean and polite, polite pop, proper way because Instagram was built on a theft, or and Facebook was too. So... They're, you know, con artists. So please don't give them any money, and please report them. Thank you. That public service announcement makes me feel a little better because people keep writing, is it you? I'm like, no, it's not me. Report them. Report them. I've reported them. Nothing happens, which is also very frustrating, and I can't block them copying my posts. Again, very frustrating. Now, I had this on this YouTube, and people ask, why don't I take comments on the YouTube? Because somebody fa set up a fake channel, in my name, with my face, and said, hey, looks like you're sad and you need a reading. I'm like, you little asshole. So I wrote him a nasty email, and then I just disabled comments. It's a really pernicious, pernicious, problematic, horrible thing. So please, please, do not, do not accept um, someone pretending to be me hitting you up for a reading. I will never do that. Haven't done it in my entire life, never will do it. So anyway, public service announcement over. On to the week. All right. So the week ahead, we have this lovely week of illumination and sharing and kind of forward motion. So when we look, a lot of stuff going on, right? And so that's always helpful. 
So this is the week on Sunday. We had two aspects finish. We had the sun, which we talked about last week, that the week was going to be really crazy. And then when we got to Sunday, it would go, okay, we're settled down. So on Sunday, yesterday, we had the sun opposite Saturn, which is an ending energy, awareness energy, an aha seeing energy, and a noticing things very strong. This week, we're going to have the sun come to square Mars, and we're also going to have, uh, we also had earlier in the week, the sun going through and setting off that Uranus-Mars conjunction that we've been talking about since the beginning of August. And also Mars and Uranus were both on the declination of the nodes, which means it amp we had a lot of action last week with that Mars-Uranus aspect, which we'll talk about this week because it was very exciting and sometimes the astrology is just too fabulous to leave it off of the off of this training program. So you can see here that sun opposite Saturn with the rising sign of, of uh, Casper Washington of the nodes of ang angles on the nodes. A lot of people got information last week that was life altering or had their lives altered or had an aha moment around something that was pretty big. Later on Sunday, we had the completion of the Mars here in Taurus trining Pluto. Now, Mars trine Pluto means that, and with Mars, we always know it's the coming in. The action happens as Mars is coming into the aspect. It does not happen at the moment of completion, unlike the Sun-Saturn, which would be an aha. Um, so the uh, outer planets, you know, Mars is the one we feel as he arrives. The other ones tend to be exact on the day. You know, when Uranus hits, Mars hits, um, or Uranus hits, Saturn hits, any of the big guys. Pluto takes a while to process what the hell's going on, but he's in there talking. So when we were looking at this Mars trine Pluto, we understand that on Sunday the energy kind of completes, which meant, of course, last week was a very busy news week. Had a lot going on. Now, if you remember back when we did the Mars-Uranus aspect, I said, gee, this little baby is, um, you know, this little baby is running very strong. And the lines of it, of course, were going here through Kansas. So we did have the election in Kansas where the voters rose up and said no getting rid of Roe v. Wade or no changing the amendment in Kansas. This is also back to 1855 when Uranus and Mars were at that point. And that was the Dred Scott Agreement or ruling and also the, um, which was that black people could be slaves forever and never set free. And also when Kansas and was getting ready to come in the Union and Missouri did not want them to come in at, as an anti-slave state. So they had an election and the Missourians went across the river, Mississippi River, and voted in Kansas and made that a slave state, a slave territory, and they were really pissed, so then they voted and tried to send another set of electors, and it was a whole big thing, kind of like what we had this year with the election. So anyway, that Mars Uranus was our state version, Kansas and Nebraska and Missouri. But over here, we saw that Mars Uranus line go through Russia. It also went through Iran. It also went through this part of Saudi Arabia, and also, when it was on the midheaven, it went through the Australia, right? So we see that there's this is where this energy is going to be taking place. Now, Uranus is, or Taurus is the Earth, and Mars is action. So we had a bill passed last week um, to, one, help the soldiers with the burn unit, you know, that were by the burn pits that had lung issues or throat and neck issues by breathing in that air because Taurus rules the throat and neck. We also had the biggest climate change bill ever passed. Passed. Now there's one that's up for uh, being passed in Australia and then there's another one that's up to be passed in Brazil. So we know we've got a couple more but Al Gore was running around talking about you know the clim biggest climate change bill in the history of the world in the history of the United States. Uranus rules Earth, Uranus, Taurus rules Earth, Uranus rules change, Mars says take action and help control the change, help the change go along. So that was another example of our lovely Uranus-Mars conjunction. That wasn't a bad aspect. We also had Shaman what, Salman Rusty get stabbed. 
Now back in February 14th of 18, 1989, back in 88, he actually published a book called Satanic Verses. And in on February 14th, 1989, the Ayatollah Khomeini, Iran, right, right, right through Tehran, right through Tehran, said, I'm issuing a fatwa, which is go kill him. Go kill him, he was blasphemous. We don't like them. Now, we don't have the time for the issuance. At least I couldn't find it on the Internet. I'm sure it's out there if I looked harder. But we do see here, we see the Mars-Pluto opposition. See that Mars-Pluto opposition? Mars in Taurus, Jupiter in Taurus, and Moon in Gemini. Now, the Moon is out of bounds in this chart um, when, it was, when it happened. And so we have this out-of-bounds Moon, and we have this fatwa, this death decree issued worldwide to every Muslim to go kill Salman Rushdie because of the, what he wrote. Now it was his fourth book, won a bunch of prizes. 1991, the person who translated it into Japanese got killed. That murder was never solved. And for many years, Salman lived in um, hiding, you know, went out with bodyguards, you know, these, these things are serious. So we have a very strong energy, and we do see that Mars-Pluto opposition, go get him, go kill him. Now when we look at Solomon's chart, this is his chart, it's a time chart, June 19, 1947, 2.30 in the morning in Bombay. It has an out-of-bounds moon. It has an out-of-bounds Pluto. Um, the, uh, the Fatwa chart has an out-of-bounds moon and an out-of-bounds Uranus. And Uranus, of course, is the planet we're watching. So I, when I looked at this chart, I went, oh my goodness, Salman has the same Sun-Uranus thing that Donald Trump has. Donald Trump is a Sun-Uranus guy too, and he of course was in the news last week. But, so he's got this out-of-bounds moon, out-of-bounds Pluto, and he is a writer, you know, Sun, Moon, Mercury. Now he is actually a year younger than Donald. Donald was born in 46. And Solomon was born in, uh, Donna was born three days, four days before Solomon in 46. But we see here the Mars return for the fatwa, you know, and saying, okay, go get it. Now, where is Mars right now? It's in Taurus, right? It's in Taurus. And Natalie Solomon has wide a square between Mars and Pluto. And we know this week Mars was coming in to trine Pluto, right? And we know when the fatwa was called in, it was Mars opposite Pluto, which set off his Jupiter-Pluto here, right? The conjunction Pluto is on his Jupiter, like everybody in the world wants to kill him. Pluto is on a world point. Mars is on a world point, that 15 degrees of the fixed signs, world point. And then up here, issue to the greater community, go do it. And Solomon's, uh, of course, it's the moon here, which required him to then live in hiding for many, many years. Now, I went and read Satanic Verses, because, you know, book fans, I'm a nosy Virgo, I want to find out what it was, and I didn't really understand it. I mean, it was an interesting book, but I didn't get where you would want to order some guy killed. But again, again, I was raised Catholic, not Muslim, and I'm not a fundamentalist Muslim, which regular Muslims don't kill people. I mean, it's the fundamental, you know, it's like a... It's kind of like the, the fundamentalist Christians here who are shooting us, right? So it, it understand that I didn't get it, but I appreciate that obviously people were mad and he paid attention. He didn't do it. So now um, we're looking at him relocated to Chautauqua, which is a beautiful community in upstate New York. I've been there. I have clients that live there. It is about promoting world peace and unity. And he was about to give a speech on how we, um, how great it is to live in America where you can say what you want to say freely. Because we've seen people killed. We had the famous cartoonists killed in Paris because of their cartoons that were perceived as anti-Muslim. Anti you know, so there's, there's a testiness to, on, you know, kind of honoring, you know, what you say and can you get killed for it. And, of course, he has a moon Uranus, which is sudden, unexpected changes. But you notice when he goes to Chautauqua, because he was born in India, his chart flips, that 12-hour difference. So we now see, instead of the sun and Venus down here in the third house, we see it up here in the eighth. And we see the Mars in the seventh, that Mars, that fallen Mars. We see the rising sign of the chart is now Scorpio. Scorpio risings do tend to run into things um, that can be hard. 
at times, and we see this Mars over here, the ruler of his ascendant, in answering to a fallen Mars in the 12th. Now, Solomon has a fallen Mars in the 12th, so he's got a death threat, you know, basically his entire life, or since 1989. Then we look at the, the attack. We had a time for it. 1047, they called in the 911. Uh, you know, 911 got the call and came. But people went up. There was a doctor in the audience, went up, and, and interestingly, the um, his neck was sliced with the sun here on Mars. Also, Pallas Athena is on the star Bellatrix, parallel to Bellatrix, which is the star of blindness, so he's supposed to lose an eye from this. And uh, his liver was attacked, south node on Jupiter, Jupiter rules the liver. So we're seeing here this very strong energy. We notice that it's his Mars return here. He just had his Mars return. He's got Uranus coming to the Mars in the attack chart. We also see the Sun top of the chart. I mean, I'd heard about him. I knew about him from before. Hadn't heard about him recently, but here's that Sun Uranus line running through Iran. And the Iranian government has said, hey, hey, we're not behind this. But other people are like, yes, yes, this was issued in 1989 and it never goes away. It stays forever. So we see that energy of this sun up here and we see the sun opposite the Saturn, right? We're pursuing you to kill you. And then that nice little moon in Aquarius there. So again, the sun is approaching the opposition to Saturn. The Mars is approaching the trine to Pluto. And um, when the fatwa was issued, um, Solomon had uh, Solomon has a Mars square Pluto, but it's separating. It's a little wide too. So here we put the three charts together, and we see Solomon relocated to uh, Chautauqua. And of course, it was an attempt on his life. His Sun and Moon are there. We also see this Mars Uranus all lined up here in the seventh house of the open enemy. We see the note of fate there. We see the Mars approaching the trine to Pluto here. In the Fatwa chart, we see the Mars opposite the Pluto on that south node. And Mars, of course, is on a world point. Um, Pluto is on a world point at 15 of the fixed. So this was news that went around the world. And of course, on the day that he was attacked, the moon was in Aquarius down here on his, on the Fatwa sun. We don't know the moon of the Fatwa because it can be any time within six degrees because we did a noon chart. So it either is going to be six Gemini right on his Venus or it can be 18 over here in his Uranus Mars. So this was an example of the energy of the Uranus Mars coming to Earth and us seeing it in a very overt way. Now, of course, as I mentioned, Donald has the Sun Uranus also, Donald Trump. So this is the chart for the raid in Florida on August 8th, on Monday. And we see that Mars Uranus conjunction up here. We see it's a Libra rising. We do see Venus here, the ruler of the chart, opposite Pluto. And we see the Mercury on a world point. Seven and a half of Virgo is a world point. We're going to raid your house and get papers with a legal warrant. Now, remember... Those papers belong to the United States government. Donald stole them. And I don't want to say mean things about Geminis, because I love Geminis. My sister's a Gemini. I have many Gemini friends. But they can be thieves. They can be con artists. They can be people that say one thing and do another, <laughs> as, you know, we've, we've learned. So when we look at the, uh, the chart that says Venus opposite Pluto, you know, why did they act then? And literally, it's just minutes away from that opposition. At the same time, we have the Mars here trining Pluto. Now, we notice that this Uranus Mars is in the house of money from other people. And many people were speculating, like, why would he, why would he take these papers? Well, Mars Uranus in the North Node. They are worth money. And we have the Sun here squaring that uh, node. We have the Sun here opposite the Saturn. We have a Grand Cross uh, in fixed signs in the money house, in the house of groups. And, you know, the rumor is, again, we're still waiting for more information, but we know that the energy is very intense and the Venus rising, you know, is like, okay, uh, we're taking it. We're going in and we're taking it. When we look at it against Donald's chart, this is his chart for um, the published chart for Queens. We see here that the Pallas Athena legal system on this north node, on the Juno, I'm sorry, on the North Node, on the Uranus, on the Sun. And remember, he's born a year 
before Solomon. So we have this story of Sun Gemini. We have two Sun Gemini's uh, Uranuses in the news last week. Can't make astrology up. Gemini got one getting stabbed in the neck and losing an eye, and we got another one having his house raided and taking back the papers. Again, Gemini, right? Gemini's papers, eyes are paper, eyes are Gemini. It's I, you can't make astrology up. I love this stuff. And then here we see it's an out of bounds moon when he was raided on his natal moon. Moon's in the fourth house of the home, um, and that now Palm Beach is his official home. We also see over here. The, uh, again, the Venus, he's having a Venus return, Venus on his set, Venus Saturn, but it's also, he's having a kick-ass Pluto opposite his Saturn Venus. So last week he had kind of a bad week. He had to give a deposition. His first wife died. He buried her. And then he got raided. So we see this energy going. We also see the Midheaven here um, and Lilith, which is interesting because Lilith doesn't want to be subservient. So we see that, hey, hey, you know, that... Uh, we are, I don't want to be subservient. And then here we have the Neptune uh, on the Vesta, you know, which is the energy in the home. Again, the Vesta and the Pluto form a finger of God with the Mars. See it there? Neptune coming in on the Vesta, Pluto coming in, forming a finger of God. And we have a big finger of God in the sky this week as the sun moves into form a finger of God this week with Neptune and Pluto. So we're going to hear more about this as the sun forms that finger of God and helps us awaken to the energy of what's going on. So it's an interesting aspect, and I wanted to include some real life. And again, you know, who is he selling them to? Now, I would be really curious if down the road we hear that we heard about it from Australia. Or, because it goes through Saudi Arabia, we hear about it from Saudi Arabia. And of course, Jared Kushner got $2 billion from Saudi Arabia. Just here, have some $2 billion. Go, go invest it. Go do whatever you want with the $2 billion. How much are our secrets worth? Can't make this astrology stuff up. And remember, this is our Pluto return. We have this for another two years. So this is a marathon, not a sprint. But our idea is to say, hey... You know, and everybody's going, it could happen to you, it could happen to you. Well, not the, the chances of me taking home state secrets marked top secret is very low. And if I did take them home, I would expect the FBI to arrest me. <laughs> it's stealing from a government. You can't do that. You know, you can't take our state secrets. Who, who do you think you are? So... Enough for the two guys that are demonstrating in the lovely Gemini sun fashion, sun Uranus, geminating, generating and showing it. And then, of course, Al Gore, my favorite, one of my favorite Tauruses, is back going, I don't really care about the raid. I want to talk about the climate change bill. Al, Al was a Taurus, right? So he's got, we just got the best bill ever. So it was a great week in many ways. We saw a lot of things. We were illuminated. The sun came. The sun arrived, and we went, oh, wow, the sun is here. Look at that. So, you know, forward into the rest of this week. Um, so, as I mentioned, there's a big finger of God forming. Now, it's going to go for a couple days. It's going to go from the 17th, when it aspects Neptune directly, to uh, the next two days, to the 19th, when the sun aspects Pluto. Now, this finger of God happens every year. Um, but this year tends to be a little more excitable because we've got this lot of we got a lot of stories out there that we're watching for the future development of. But also, when we get to the 17th through the 19th, expect in your life to be invited to move forward, to create something, to have some new forward motion, positive direction, some faded thing happen. And this is, of course, the chart cast for Washington. Look at where 24 Leo is in your chart. Look at where the Pluto-Neptune are. You've got a very strong energy with this finger of God. And, of course, we finished the Sun-Saturn opposition, which is an annual aspect, and we finished the Mars-Pluto trine, which is we took action, but it actually was, it turned out okay in the sense that the Mars-Pluto trine, you know, Solomon has the opposition, so he didn't, he didn't die. He just got maimed. I mean, not that we want him to get maimed, but, you know, it's, it wasn't like he was dead. And then I could have thrown in Anne Hesh's chart, because she's obviously a sun Uranus also, but I figured, you know, this is supposed to be the weekly weather, not looking at charts. But I thought they were too important to miss out on. 
All right, so then what we're going to have this week is Mars is going to enter Gemini on August 20th. Now, we are going to be dealing with Mars in Gemini um, for many, many, many months. Mars is in Gemini through March 25th. The United States has Mars in Gemini. The United States Mars is on Donald Trump's son. So when Abraham Lincoln said, you know, we're never going to be accosted by a foreign enemy because we have these two big oceans on either side of us, if we are destroyed, it comes from within. And Donald's son Uranus, breaking us apart, is on our Mars in Gemini. So it's a civil war, or it's fighting among the siblings, fighting among the red and the blue, fighting among... Which is why it's really important, as I keep saying, we have to have a new vision of what we want the country to be. Women aren't included, so we could get our abortion rights taken away. Black people weren't included because they were owned by the slave-owning people that signed the Constitution. The Constitution and the Declaration were signed by a bunch of white guys, no offense to the white guys, old white guys, no offense to the old white guys, who owned land and owned slaves. So that Constitution was great in 1776, but we have evolved. Additionally, the Electoral College, which means that Donald can win or lose by 40,000 votes instead of the 3 million or the 8 million he actually lost by, the Electoral College was invented to support the slave states. To keep the union together, it didn't really work, but we kept the Electoral College. Do we still need to keep that? Or can we make it proportional rather than win or take the whole state like Nebraska and Maine did? Nebraska, that just as advanced as Kansas and Maine are both proportional electoral colleges where the votes from the electoral college represent the popular vote proportionately rather than winner take all. And again, this is up for discussion. We have an opportunity over the next couple of years to envision what we want our country to look like and we need to get envisioning. So as Mars enters Gemini, we're going to have him enter, he's going to be in Gemini through March 25th, that is <laughs> August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March. Eight months, eight months, that's a long time. And Gemini changes its mind, or it does everything twice. I'm good with both, you want to do this, then you don't. You want to do this, and you have to do it again. And sometimes more than once. You know, I always say to the Geminis, you have to do everything twice. They go, I have to do everything four times. I'm like, all right, whatever. It's multiple times over and over. So Mars is going in uh, as of this week on the 20th, and he is, this is the chart for the Mars um, process that we're going to go through through the end of March, March 25th. He enters his retrograde shadow on September 3rd. And is, he goes retrograde at 8.08, so he hits 8.08. And so everything from September 3rd through October 29th, when he stations to go retrograde, is revisionable. Is up for revision, wants to change, says, okay, this is a first pass, let's see if we like it. When he goes retrograde on October 29th, he's retrograde through January 13th. That goes right through the election. Mars is going to be retrograde on the election day, and we are also having a solar... We're, no, we're having an eclipse. I think we're having a solar eclipse. But at any rate, we're having an eclipse. And then Mars goes direct on January 13th and leaves his shadow on March 18th. And then he goes, he leaves Gemini on March 25th. So we're working with this dual energy. Notice in the, in the chart cast for Washington, and you want to cast this for your chart because you're going to be dealing with Mars for eight months in Gemini. Changes his mind all the time. It's a bit of a pain in the butt. But usually when he changes his mind, he comes up with a better idea. You know, first pass, second pass, this was my great idea, let me revise it. Gemini is, of course, storytelling, how we tell the stories, how we communicate. And we see here that the Mars is in Gemini, uh, and we have the moon in, moon in Gemini, too, and we're riding with a Cancer rising sun. Cancer, excuse me, Cancer rising ascendant. We also have the sun. Now, it has just finished its finger of God aspect, with the Neptune-Pluto, right? So we're going to watch what happens because the setup for the Sun, for the Mars, Gemini, is going to be whatever comes to light on that finger of God, the 17th and the 19th. And you go, oh, that came to light. Got it. And this is a focused finger because Saturn is opposite the Sun. And even though Saturn fired on, on Sunday, you know, this would be called a focused finger. And so it's got an intensity to it. 
we do see the sun in Leo on a on a you know a king star, very pop, popular. We like that Leo sun, and we also see that the uh, Mars in Gemini answers to a good Mercury. Mercury in this case is down here at 23 Virgo. He's in his favorite house. Mercury is opposite Neptune, so there is an opportunity for deception and lying with this. We're going to have to be on our guard for that. We're going to have to be aware of that deception. But we also recognize Mercury's job when he's in Gemini is he goes, well, okay, if that's the story, then what about this? And the whole idea with Mars and Gemini, remember our stories, mythology, Castor and Pollux, you know, my, I don't want my brother to die, I want to give up my immortality. Cain and Abel, the brothers that fought and killed each other. Um, and then denied it. I mean, it is an Mars and Gemini is a tough Mars in many ways. And, and interestingly, our founding fathers picked a Mars and Gemini for our chart, and they put it in the seventh house, and they made it weak, and they put it answering to a Mercury retrograde in Cancer, and they made her weak, Mercury weak, and Mercury in Cancer entered answers to a Moon in Aquarius. So our enemies talk trash about us, but they don't necessarily... Uh, they aren't necessarily effective against us. But also, when you plant a story, when you say something, you know, you, you, plant, the, you plant the words. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of movies, and I'm a real fan of Rashida Jones. And in the movie Social Network, she was playing a lawyer. And at the end, the end scene, uh, after the deposition, you know, Mark, she's there, and Mark Zuckerberg's like, you know, are you hungry? And she's like, no. And then, and then they have this conversation. And she says to him, you know, I'm in charge of jury picking. I can look and I will have you, I will have the jury against you in the first 10 minutes. Because I will ask about your friend, you know, what you, what you wrote about him. And I will ask, you know, and he's kind of like, she goes, no, no, you're going to write a check. It's a speeding ticket relative to what this is going to be. But you're going to write a check. And she kind of has these words that cut through. And she says, you know, when depositions get crazy like that, I figure 85% of it is, you know, drama and excitement. And he goes, what's the other 15%? She goes, perjury. And it's, it's a great scene. It, it's a fabulous scene. If you haven't watched The Social Network in a while, go watch it. Why I'm a little annoyed. <laughs> I was watching it again, and I'm like, this is why I don't like Instagram and Facebook. I mean, I like them. Everybody uses them. But they allow you to steal and cheat and lie. Because eh, that's how the company was founded. Again, you know, according, according to how it all went down. So you want to kind of look at this energy and understand with this Mars entering Gemini, we are really going to be working and looking for the truth. And with Mercury opposite Neptune, it can be a little hard. But one of the things that happens with Mercury in Virgo is he goes, well, and then there's this, and then there's this, and then there's this, and then there's this. And in the same way, the Rashida Jones character just went and you do this, and you do this, and you do this. And her closing line to him is, you know, something something about him, you know, I don't, I don't think you're an asshole. I think you're trying hard to be one. You know, and I thought, oh, wow. You know, it, it, it's, it's understanding when people take action and take behavior as Mars and Gemini, we're going to have to look at the behavior. And I remember one point having a great conversation with a friend of mine who's a therapist that Mars is not our... When we're acting out our Mars, it's a secondary emotion. It's not the true emotion. It's the underlying emotion. But Mars in Gemini is a contentious energy, and it does like to argue and fight. But it also is, what are you arguing and fighting for? And if you remember that song, Don't Ask Me, I Don't Give a Damn, the next stop is Viet. One, two, three, what are we fighting for? Yeah, so go listen to that protest song. And also just understand that we have until March the opportunity, stuff getting sad, and then looking and going, do I think that's possible? Is that believable? And then also, Mars and Gemini, a lot of deception coming to light. Always fun. Because that energy is going to bring it to light, then we're going to reverse it, then we're going to bring it to light again. And your job with these aspects is to stay as open-minded as possible. Because the sun here in Leo wants you to see it. 
but the Mercury, uh, the Neptune, and the Pluto say, but they're, I want to show you this problem. I want to show you this issue. I want to bring this to your attention. And you go, is that actually something I should be paying attention to? Or is that a distraction? Is that smoke and mirrors? Is that magic? A lot of magicians have Mercury Neptune. They do that sleight of hand with their cards. It's a really important next eight months. And it starts this week, next Saturday. So pay attention to what comes to light with the finger of God, with the sun, seeing something, and then rock and roll is here to stay. We're going to have a fun uh, eight months. Next up is Venus enters Aquarius. And Venus, of course, has been, she's been in Pisces. Now she's retrograding back into Aquarius. She'll be there until November 21st, and then she'll go forward and she goes back into Pisces, and she leaves Pisces on February 7th. So this is a lot about where do you feel at home, or where don't you feel at home. Excellent aspects for, with Vesta here, opposite the sun. Excellent aspects for taking care of health matters, working on health matters to get better, to move yourself forward. Again, with Mars and Gemini, there may be a couple of approaches, um, allowing yourself to be flexible, but this is a lovely chart for kind of moving everything forward. You can see there's a lovely grand trine in Earth. Now, I've been saying to you, what's your plan, what's your plan, what's your plan? And, you know, I had dinner with my friend Deb last night, and she said she was listening to Wayne Dyer, uh, who's since passed. He was part of the Hay House group, but he wrote a number of self-help books. And one of the things she said, you know what I really liked about this was that every roadblock, every obstacle is an opportunity. And so your job this next eight months is as Mars and Gemini throws obstacles or roadblocks or whatever into your path is to look at that and go, okay, that's an opportunity. How am I going to work with it? Look at that lovely, lovely big old earth. A lot of earth in the sky. Grand trine in earth. Wants us to ground, create, figure stuff out and build. Not a lot of cardinal, not a lot of initiating energy, but a lot of energy around working with what's there and modifying adjusting, fixing, working with it. Um, and, it and it's an interesting aspect with Vesta Home and Hearth. You know, there was uh, uh, Marie Kondo had that whole hold it and see if it brings you joy. And if it does, keep it, and if not. But, you know, like, look at your closets. Look at what you have in your house. Are you ever going to wear that again? Wouldn't it go good with someone else? I had dinner with a group of friends this week, and one of them, Judy, owns stores. And um, she was saying that she was thinking of, she hasn't got a lot of tchotchkes, right? She was thinking, like, you should open a store of tchotchkes. They had a memory. They served a purpose. They had a story. And I'm ready to release them, but I want them to go to a good home. And it's kind of like, you know, when you, uh, I remember when one of the astrologers in New York was dying and she started giving stuff away to her students. And Michael Luton, it was Joanna Shannon, and Michael Luton said, oh, she's giving away the things on top of her TV. You know, you're giving it away to someone who might have a memory of it. And I know I've said to a couple of my teachers, I said, oh, you know, when you leave, can I have that sculpture of Saturn in your house? Not that I expect to get it, but... You know, it's like recognizing the tchotchkes. They hold the memories. They hold the stories. So Judy's like, I'm thinking of opening a tchotchke store. I said, I have tchotchkes I would give you. It's understanding if it's in your closet, you're not using it. What are you holding on to it for? It has a memory. It has a threat. It has something hanging on to it. So again, with this Mars and Gemini, doesn't mean you're going to throw it away the first pass, but it does mean it's like time to go in and look at those tchotchkes, look at what they are, and kind of say do I want to keep this or do I want to let it go? And, and it can be people. It can be situations. It can be things in your life, all up for change, differentiation, and movement. Forward. Um, so that's our week ahead. In terms of our planets, when we look at where they are and what they're doing, the sun is going from 21 Leo to 2833 Leo. And, of course, he has that big old finger of God. One of the th features of the finger of God may be a little anger because in addition to the sun forming the finger with Neptune and um, Saturn here, or Neptune and Pluto, he also is having an aspect to uh, Eris, the goddess of discord. Sun is trining Eris, the goddess of discord. So this can be, you know, I'm a little annoyed. I'm a little annoyed uh, and I'm taking action because of my annoyance. So that can also be a fuel for it. Mercury this week goes from um, 16 Virgo into 
uh, 25 Virgo, favorite sign, loves it. Has an aspect with the nodes of fate on the 15th. Pay attention to who you meet, what you hear from, who you learn from. He has a trine to Uranus on the 16th, which is an aha moment, a reveal for all this stuff that's been going on in the world. Uh, the Anne Hesch story, the Salman Rushdie, the Donald Trump, the climate change bill, the bill that prevents people that are being burned from, you know, dying of cancer. Um, Joe Biden revealed that his son Beau was one of the burn pit people with his brain tumor. Um, we also have uh, Mercury opposite Juno. This can put a lot of tension on relationships. And why am I in this relationship with you? What's it for? We also have Mercury forming a quincunx to Saturn, which is adjusting how you think, and that's going to happen on the 18th in the middle of that finger of God that we have going on. Where Mercury, you know, you find out something and Mercury looks at Saturn and goes, did you know that? Saturn goes, I didn't know that. And, you know, we know, now we know. Now we know. Now you know. And then Mercury, of course, is opposite Neptune at the end of the week, which is our um, uh, an opportunity right as Mars goes into Gemini, asking us to really look at things practically, reliably, dependably, and really kind of, you know, think about, like, what you really know and what don't you know, more importantly. Um, Venus this week goes in from 3 Leo to 12 Leo. She doesn't have a whole lot of aspects. She does have a health aspect on the 17th right in the middle of that finger of God, where she is uh, having a health aspect to Saturn. So you want to watch the middle of the week for health things to come up, come forward, move forward in our life. We also have Venus in a trine to Jupiter this week. Um, she's in Leo, Jupiter's in Aries. That happens on the 18th, again, in the middle of the finger of God. So that finger of God is very juicy for awakening, aha moments, seeing things. And um, we want to just really kind of honor how intense it's going to be. So it's illumination, but then the Mars going into Gemini goes, and now you have to take action. Now that you've seen it, now you have to take action. Right. We also have Mars this week running from 26 Taurus to 048 Gemini. So he enters Gemini on the 20th, and he doesn't have other, he does have a square to, to Vesta, which is the Marie Kondo throw away the stuff if you haven't used it in a number of years, get rid of it. I've got a Christmas tree, I've got a bunch of stuff I've been throwing out here while being on vacation. Clearing out the house, clearing out the house. Release it because I don't use it anymore. And of course, the, we have a little bit of relief because the sun is past, is trying to Mars, and now, or Mars is past, is trying to Pluto. And now Mars goes into Gemini for eight months. Pay attention to what happens on Saturday when he goes in. There'll be kind of a, oh, wow, that's what we're working on. Uh, we also have Jupiter going this week from 8 to 7, 48 in Aries. He doesn't have a lot of aspects, but he does have a quintile to Vesta, encouraging us to, that Vesta, a quintile to Pallas Athena, encouraging us to think. Uh, that's why God gave you the brain. Think about it. Go, why am I figuring this out? We also have Saturn having a trine to Pallas Athena. So we're looking at things and we're looking at them in a new way because Pallas Athena is very active. Now, Pallas Athena is the little diamond girl up here. She's, she's very logical, very, very comfortable looking at data and like going this, 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 this. It's like a little bit like, you know, the, the, the Columbo when he would come in and go, you know, I got a, I got a, I got a question for you here. And, and he would kind of add, and they would go, you know. And then they would get a little annoyed with him, and then they get a little snippy. And, and you, you know, Columbo was like, yeah, you know, you're, you're my guy. I'm going to just kind of keep doing that little pull, pull, pull. So Mars in Gemini is Columbo, too. You know, when you look at the TV show Columbo, if you were young, young old enough to remember it, young enough people don't necessarily know it. But he would go, and he would go solve those murders, man. And he always knew who it was. And you knew when he was narrowing in, because he would start asking questions, he would start following them around. And you, of course, knew who the murderer was, because they showed you at the beginning of the show. So you were like, Columbo, solve the deal. So this is our Columbo opportunity this week. Uh, we also have um, Vess Uranus sextiling Juno. So unusual partnerships coming, forming together. And Juno and Uranus work together. Um in terms of creating partnerships or creating opportunities, so do watch for them coming in, because that's the new energy we're reading ready to take off and figure out what we're going to plant. And then we talked about the Vesta going in, going retrograde backwards into Aquarius. Now, one of the 
things we want to remember with weeks like this is it's a marathon, not a sprint. Part one, part two, part three, part four. It's a triathlon, not a sprint. So you want to pace yourself. You also want to be aware that when Mars shifts into air, it has a little bit more of a tendency to, to rev its wheels and not actually get stuff done. But it does get stuff done in partnership. So it's very helpful if you can find somebody to partner with. Let me partner with you for this. Let me partner with you for that. Because it needs that dualness. I had a friend who had this. Whenever she had computer problems, she'd call me and she'd go, can you just sit on the phone with me for a few minutes? I want to work this problem out. And I'd be like, okay, what are you trying to do? And, and she would tell me. And she goes, I don't really need you to tell me. I just need to talk to somebody while I'm doing it. And that's the Mars and Gemini. Connect with people. They'll help you solve the problems. Don't go it alone. And also, when we think of the Gemini in the growing season, that's when we decide how many tomatoes, how many zucchini, how many eggplant, what are we going to plant, right? It's the choices we make. And I would encourage you to say yes to everything, because the Gemini is, yes, I want to do that, yes, I want to do that. That's great. Um, because it will fall out down the road, or it will shift down, down the road. But the Mars in Gemini is exploring the opportunities and thinking, you know, last year I had a lot of zucchini. Maybe I won't plant so many this year. But the green peppers, man, the green peppers are really growing, you know. So I got a note from my CSA for my vegetables for this week, and they're like, peppers and tomatoes. I'm like, there's so many peppers. Like, even though I like peppers, there's a lot of them. And I'm like, can we have other colors besides green? I like the red and the orange and the yellow. Lots of green peppers. So um, it's abundance, but it also is choosing where you want to spread and spend the abundance. So that's kind of part of it, too. And then this week, uh, today the moon, you know, the moon was in Aries last night. We had those big completions, the sun opposite Saturn and the Mars trying Pluto. The moon goes in, is in Aries on Monday, and it's in Aries on Tuesday. It goes void at 418 with a square to Pluto. And then it's void for a few hours, and it goes into Taurus um, Tuesday night. It's in Taurus Tuesday night, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday. And Friday it goes void at 7.06 a.m. with a conjunction to Mars. So it, Moon in Taurus joins Mars and says, let's take off like a rocket. That next day, Mars goes into Gemini. Uh, moon goes void at 7.06 on Friday the 19th, and then it goes into Gemini at 8.06 a.m. It's in Gemini on Friday. On Saturday, on Sunday, it goes void at 6.06 p.m. with a sextile to the sun, and it's void for two and a half hours. These are all East Coast times, and it goes into Cancer on Sunday night, and the sun, of course, enters Virgo on Monday the 22nd. So the sun in Cancer is uh, the evening of Sunday, and then it's Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday next week when it goes void uh, with a sextile to Mercury. So the easy ones this week, the, Mar the Monday, Tuesday is a little tough because the moon is in a square to Pluto, but uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all pretty nice. Good closing aspects for the moon. Not nearly as contentious as last week when I gave you all those DB days. Um, this week the DB day is going to probably be Neptune Wednesday where there's a little bit of an emotional breakthrough. And then it does look like Thursday is a little tough for a couple of reasons. The, sun is, the moon is going to set off that Uranus, the Saturn, the Mercury. So we're going to really get more feedback, closure, understanding. So the DB day is the 18th. And maybe, maybe the 19th. But the 19th looks like it's got a lot of nice stuff, too. So it'll be offset. And hopefully that gives you some ideas about how to use the week ahead. Now, one of the things I did with my assistant, Rose, is we, I read Jane Austen. Uh, I had Laura Rockland appear uh, costumed as Jane, and I read Jane's chart. It's a lovely reading, and it takes you through the astrology of understanding Jane Austen's chart and we have a dialogue with her about her book and we have a dialogue about her impact on the world and of course she died before she knew about it but she apparently affected lots and lots of uh, the way stories were told so it's a really interesting reading I had a great time and Laura Rockland did a really good job so you can purchase it on my website and you're supporting Rose's next production of Jane Austen's Persuasion which she wrote 
uh, then there's the Mind Body Cruise, which is in January of this year, um, and uh, you can book that and then book your room to be part of the group with Hildy. This is the information. Cupful of stars. People seem to like it. You get a six to ten minute audio and a list of the transits for the day, and you sign up for that at Patreon. You get billed at the end of the month for it. So when you sign up, you'll start receiving stuff, and then you get billed at the end of the month for the service. Um, I'm going to be at ESAR the end of the month in Colorado, the 25th to the 29th. I'm speaking on the Pluto return for the United States, and I'm also teaching a horary course on Monday, after, a short workshop on Monday after the conference, the post-conference workshops. And then we're going to be in Omega uh, with Maurice and Kay Taylor and Magalia uh, Morales and um, Ariel Gutman and we're going to be doing a workshop up there. It'll be lovely. It's in the woods. The food's good. We're going to have a nice ritual Saturday night under a beautiful sky and forward. Come join us. We had a really good time last year, so hopefully this year will be fun too. And then uh, the return of the United States. If you can't get to Omega, or not get to, can't get to ESAR, I did do a Pluto return of the U.S., and also I did a thing on the Neptune-Jupiter conjunction, which launched a new 13 years, a new dream for you. So hopefully that gives you some ideas about how to work with the energy of the week ahead. And um, I wish you a good week and a good, fun energy with the sun for the last week in Leo. And then it goes into Virgo next Monday. So enjoy your last bits of sun because then we go into fall. We go into the last, the, the mutable sign of Virgo, which says, yes, it's still summer, but it's fall too. It's the school, it's your lunchbox, it's your making your plans. So hopefully you have a great week and that you liked. I don't normally put the politics in, but they were too illuminative. And we got to watch, like, what's going on with Australia? Because they're, maybe they're the ones that said, hey, hey, this is going on. So we'll see what happens. And um, astrology, you can't make it up, right? And if you're following that Instagram person that's impersonating me, Please report them. It's in or at least spelled with three E's. I spell mine with two. I will never hit you up for a reading. You get to come to me when you want. And I don't write, hey, honey, it looks like you're having a hard time. You want a reading? I'm offering you a discount. Virgos don't do discounts. We pay what we're at. You know, the price is this. We don't necessarily barter. We assume that you know what you want to charge and you're charging it. So, yeah, a little weasel. So, anyway. Have a great one. Bye. This conference is no longer being recorded.